This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Hi everybody. We have Cecilia back on the podcast again. She'll probably be like a monthly guest. <laughs> but we're actually not talking about essential oils this time, we're at least not. not that I know of. Or no. skin disorders. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> skin disorders. Well, it will come into it because it's part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But today we're talking about phytic acid, which is, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tristan gave me like yeah, a lot. No, no. Phytates, phytic acid for sure. Uh -huh. Right. And now but you've probably never heard of these, right? Yeah. Uh, not many people have heard of these, but you probably have heard of anti-nutrients before because they're right. all the rage right now. Mm -hmm. And the one that you've probably heard of the most is the lectins. Right. The dreaded lectins. This is in that same kind of category. Right. Um, but uh, we're going to go into some detail on that. And Cecilia is going to kind of be our expert here because she knows all about this stuff. Well, I don't know about all about it, but I want to tell you how, why I wanted to talk about it because I've come across it so much lately. And it's, it's like... You know, when we tell children there's no monsters under the bed or in the closet and we take it out and get rid of those mm -hmm. monsters, I want to get rid of the monster in the kitchen, mm -hmm. and that is the phytic acid. And how it came about is um, people may know that, Janique, you and I do a lot of hair DNA analysis, mm -hmm. and I come across this all the time when I do the hair DNA analysis, and I just want to explain uh, a little bit um, before we get into that. And the thing is, if we want to digest food, as you know, we need enzymes to digest food. Right. But we got to eat the right food to make the right enzymes to digest that food because our circulatory system, heart and blood vessels, and our nervous system need those nutrients to function and everything's under control of the nervous system. Right. If we don't eat the right foods, and I'm talking about refined foods, um, a lot of man-made foods and packages and boxes and cartons and um, cans, etc., we cannot make the right enzymes. The body doesn't just make the right, right enzymes. You've got to provide the nutrients for it to make it. Right. And then because it doesn't have the right enzymes, the nervous system can't work properly. And if we have a sub-optimal um, functioning nervous system, we have symptoms like headaches and fatigue and depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. mood swings, um, irritation, uncoordination, brain fog, etc. Right. So when we eat the right nutrients, we make the right enzymes, we have a good functioning system. And that's exactly what the hair analysis aims at, telling us the nutrients we need to fill the gaps. It's like a mm -hmm. pot, like a road with potholes. Right. It tells you the potholes and tells you what to eat to right. fix it up. Right. So you're all very familiar with that. The one thing I like about the hair analysis is that it tells us what our body needs, the systems that um, is affecting the functioning of our body, our gut, um, external environmental issues, the nutrients it needs, the systems that affect it, the foods to eat, etc. And then it gives us the nutrients for um, our vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, <clears throat> antioxidants, and um, what we need. So 
in doing these, I came across a very common problem because, you know, most people that come to us speak very many different health languages. Mm -hmm. I put mine into three categories. They either say, I eat healthy, but I don't feel healthy. And that's yeah. because they eat the same foods all the time. Right. Um, I sometimes fall into that category. I don't diverse um, out sufficiently. Mm -hmm. The other one will say, the other group will say, um, I don't feel well and I don't know why. And I just want to know what can I do to feel better. Yeah. And the other group will say, um, I, I just want to know what can I do to get the best function out of my body? I want to take care of myself for later on in years. What right. must I do? And so in working with this, I've come across a very common problem because we already deal with a lot of healthy people. Um, we've educated and treated people and they eat well, but they have problems. Right. And as you know, we've discussed on this program um, the yeast infections, candida, and bacterial imbalances. GI in the gut. tract issues. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The other monster lurking in the kitchen is phytic acid. Right. And, and that kind of goes along with like the oxalates and lectins and all of that stuff. Which we'll, we'll probably do These an are, episode generally on the anti-nutrients. Right. And that may show before this or after this. Yeah, we're not But sure. if you want more details on just the anti-nutrients in general and getting kind of a broad view of all the different types out there, mm -hmm. then check out that episode. Yeah. Right. And so what I came across, um, they are... People in another two categories that will eat meat and people who don't, who mm -hmm. try and avoid it and stay away from it. Right. Um, people who eat meat, I always say to them, you know, meat is important because protein, well, protein, let me put it this way. Protein is important. Protein builds and repairs the body. Vegetables heal the body and fruit mm -hmm. cleanses the body. Right. But, um, for people who don't eat protein, they eat a lot of plant protein. Mm -hmm. And in this diet, I have found, um, I have found the nuts and the seeds and the beans and I um, and 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 grains. Yeah, and those are full of phytic acid. Right, and so I've come across skin problems. I said I wasn't going to talk about skin, but it does come into here. Right. Because that is the other factor, not the fungus, mm -hmm. because the hair DNA analysis come clear for, mm -hmm. for fungus, but they have the skin problems and it's a phytic acid. Right. Because, well, uh, for instance, they will have things like for breakfast, they will have a smoothie with, with uh, nuts in it. And then um, lunchtime, there will be a bean salad or tacos with um, with beans and at night. And um, so a lot of these, the nuts and seeds and grains and um, legumes uh, comes across in the diet. And this problem has raised its head. Right. Well, and what's really interesting is, you know, phytic acid is a, a protein 
and I found this really interesting, is along with phytic acid, there are these proteins that are not supposed to be digested because seeds, for instance, it's, you know, legumes, beans, they're all kind of like seeds, you know, uh, quinoa and um, how they get transported in nature is through the colon of animals. And so the phytic acids and the proteins actually protect the seed so that it can bypass the hydrochloric acid, bypass the small intestine through the colon and then be planted through poop. And so we're supposed to, you know, if we have an inflamed gut, there's no way we can digest that. What's really interesting too is that GMO foods actually have more phytic acid, mm-hmm. higher oxalates, more anti-nutrients. And, you know, everyone says GMO foods are fine. And it's like, well, no, 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 because they have been bred to be hardier. They've been bred to be more insect resistant. Right. It's these it's these anti-nutrients that are the preservatives of plants, right? They are supposed to be more resistant resistant to animals and plants eating them. And so they've bred these foods to be more hearty. Yeah. And the reason um, they are there, they're actually on the outer layer. Mm-hmm. So for instance, oats, they're on the outer layer to protect them exactly as you explained. Right. And this is why soaking can help get rid, not, yes. of, not of a high percentage, but of some. And this is why... Um, we soak our, our nuts and mm-hmm. we should soak our grains and, and our legumes. The legumes, mm-hmm. all of those should be soaked. And um, it can, the thing is, it causes inflammation if you have too much of it. But now I want to, it's a double edged sword because I don't want to say don't eat these because right. they are so important. Mm-hmm. They they prevent cancer and they help to um, build our immune system and they right. are so important. But th- I want to bring the balance in. I want to expose the monster in the kitchen and take his coat off and show you he's actually a friend mm-hmm. because there are ways that you can do it. Um, if you soak, um, you can soak, you can ferment, and um, you can sprout. And sometimes if you, you soak and you, um, you cook, because cooking also um, takes some of that out. Um, but if you soak or you ferment mm-hmm. or you sprout, uh, and protein, protein blocks it as well. Protein balances it out. Now, it's the heme um, in the animal protein because um, you get the the um, iron. Because what it does is, and this is where I picked it up, because the minerals, they were eating, they had good vitamins, but the minerals came up as needed. Mm-hmm. And then in the foods to restrict were the nuts, right. the cashews and the almonds and mm. um, all, all the high that. phytic and acid foods. I was foods. like, hang on, this this just doesn't add up. Right. And so the um, you you mustn't avoid it. Please don't avoid it. Yeah. But what you've got to do is not have it with every meal, like mm-hmm. have hummus, you know, and um, and your beans and uh, make this. Uh, Basically, if you're not eating proteins, try and get all your proteins through this. Yeah, um, you can. So, for people who do eat um, animal uh, uh, products, and I always say it's got to be a clean burning fuel. It's got to be grass fed, grass finished, pasture raised, organic. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. fish uh, must be wild, and so 
if you do, but you've got to bring in proteins with this, not just the plant protein. You've got to bring in animal protein, balances right. it out as well. Well, what I normally tell people that are starting on this journey, because I always say the standard American diet is the diet of disease, right? And no one's ever taught us this, but it is. It's mainly grain-based and we know it's a grain-based higher in oxalates and anti-nutrients. And so it literally tears up our guts. And now we have we have trauma to our GI tract, which decreases our immune system, which potentially leads us to utilizing multiple rounds of antibiotics. So now not only are we not having a hearty gut that can handle these phytates and these anti-nutrients, but now we've lost the bacteria that helps us digest it too. And so we have these people that come and do these hair analyses and they want to heal. And, uh oh, you guys, sorry, Satori's here. Yep. And she's going to start singing. And, um, and so we do these hair analyses and, um, I, <laughs> I literally lost my train of thought, but, um, you know, it's what I normally tell people is we're not sure to what degree the trauma to your gut is. So what I normally tell people is let's leave the so-called anti-nutrient foods in. And if you are still not feeling well, then we fine tune even more, you know, because there is, there's still a lot of really good vitamins and minerals in nuts and seeds and legumes. If they can't handle it, if their issues still continue, then we fine tune and give that like a few months. Now, and, now on the fine tuning side of it, let's circle back around because um, we've already mentioned that soaking can make a big difference. Huge here, difference. Right? Mm -hmm. And the reason that soaking tends to help, especially if you soak it in an acid liquid, right? Lactic acid. Uh-huh. Or Fermented. yeah, whatever, whatever's, lactic acid, right. Yeah. Whatever's going to make it more acidic. That's going to create more phytase, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the, the enzyme that actually comes with these right. foods and so that, released. so that it can break down the phytic acid. Right. So we don't have to go all or nothing necessarily. Exactly. We can try it in, in levels. Now, depending on your situation, you might do better to completely remove it and then try adding it back in right? Mm -hmm. after a while, right? Well, it depends you, on how severe the issue is and yeah. it depends on, on your preferences of figuring it out. And how healed your gut is. Like once you start healing your gut, bring those foods back in. Mm -hmm. You know, once the inflammation is down, once the autoimmune stuff has settled, bring those foods back in, but make sure you soak them. Make sure, and then you cook them really well. Well, yeah. but, but with the phytase, it actually gets destroyed as soon as you mm -hmm. hit 176 degrees, which means that you could be undoing it. For instance, oatmeal, right? Mm -hmm. If you cook oatmeal too much, either in the production process or when it's on the stove, then you might destroy all the phytase in that oatmeal and the phytic acid will do just fine, which yeah. means that you'll be getting a big dose of it. So yep. you have to be really cautious about how you do it. And there, there are certain things, but the soaking is probably the single most important. So here's my question then, because I've never even thought of that. Um, what if you bought organic oats, you know, rolled oats from the store? Should you soak that before yes. you, yes, you cook it? You should. you should soak it. Oh, there because, you go. I didn't um, know that. The, the phytic acid, what it actually does is it presents the, it prevents the absorption of minerals. Calcium mm -hmm. is the least, but iron and zinc is They're pretty high. Is, yeah. And so those are very, very important um, minerals with great benefits. Right. And uh, the meat, that is why when we eat meat, meat has the minerals mm -hmm. and the phytic acid can't touch it. Yeah. And so one of the, the worst things, 
And this I found with people who were eating um, apples with peanut butter or apples with almond butter. Mm-hmm. Um, their reactions were even worse because the food industry uses phytic acid as a preservative. Mm-hmm. And Yikes. it's listed under E391. Mm-hmm. And um, the and the, the foods that are genetically engineered is also engineered with that, you know, um, as a preservative. And so... What would that be listed on, like, because it would be listed under the other ingredients, right? So, it, I mean, when you look at a label, it never says E391. Mm-mm. It never. It says natural flavors or additives or something like that. So, would phytic acid be listed under as, like, additives? Or, or I don't know. What, what, would, what do you think it would be listed as? Natural preservative? A natural preservative. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yes. Now, um, uh, you know, there are countries where people have a very high rice and bean um, mm-hmm. intake as a staple diet. But you'll also find that in those countries, they eat a lot of fish and vegetables. Yeah. And so there's the protein that balances it out again right. or blocks it because too much of it can cause inflammation right. if we have too much. And this is why I see some of the problems that I have. There can be muscle pain, joint pain. There can be skin problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, it's not just the grain per se. We always look at the gluten. It is the grain, but it's the phytic acid. Right. So... I just wanted to expose that monster. So please don't cut these foods out of your diet because they have a lot of valuable yeah. nutrients. But balance the diet. Exactly. Balance it with the, the ones that block it. And um, if you don't eat fish because of the mer- mercury or you don't eat meat for other reasons, um, then you need to balance it out with more vegetables. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really like that. Um, Again, with the phytic acid, I think soaking, let's talk about soaking. You want to soak overnight, 12 to 24 hours. Um, So let's say you're trying to cook beans, right? This is the best way to do this is um, soak it for 24 hours and then rinse that water off, you guys. You don't want to reuse that water, okay? And then you put it in, I found, or who's that doctor that says, who's, uh, he's all about the phytic acid and the oxalates. He wrote a book that everyone was, Plant Paradox. Dr. Gundry. Gundry, Plant Paradox, right? Mm -hmm. So what he claims is if you cook your beans and your legumes and grains in an Instapot, so you soak it and then you cook it in an Instapot, that is the surest way of getting rid of all of the lectins and the anti-nutrients. And so that's why I tell everyone, just get an Instapot, you guys. It's going to make your life, like a $70, $80 investment is going to make your life so much easier. And you can cook like beans in 35 minutes. It's so fast. And so, um, so soak, rinse that water. Don't touch that water. When you, now there are a lot of people ask me like, well, what about beans in a can? So a lot of people don't realize they actually cook those beans in that water in the can. And so all the lectins, it's that, it's that like that thick kind of, I can't, it's, it almost feels grainy to me, that juice. I always see it at uh, Cafe Rio. When Cafe Rio like dishes your beans into your salad, they're putting all of that juice in the salad too. And that is where all the lectins are and the anti-nutrients are. And so you guys, 
beans, they're not ideal out of a can, but if you have to eat something fast, um, you gotta, you gotta rinse that. And the way, you know, you've rinsed it well enough is put it in like a sieve and then put water on it. And once that water stops bubbling, cause you'll see bubbles on the beans, right? It'll bubble, bubble, bubble because of the lectins. And once it's you see that protein, the proteins. Yeah. Once you see that bubbling go away and now it just looks like water going on the beans, you know, it's, it's rinsed to the best that you can with those. So get rid of that juice that the beans are marinating in, guys. It's, it's just not good. So um, what else is there? Do we well, want to... The thing is, I just want to touch, we can touch on, you know, the, the, um, the minerals that I see the most that gets blocked by this mm-hmm. is, the, the, is your iron and um, calcium to a lesser degree. And then also um, the the zinc. zinc. Yeah, and zinc. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about the benefits because zinc is so important for the immune system. Yeah. And and, uh, and on, on a quick note, um, with all these blood chemistry analyses I do, zinc is almost always low. Yeah. I would say four out of five people. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I'm not, I'm not directly checking zinc. I'm looking at a marker called alkaline phosphatase, but it tends to be a good stand-in for zinc in a lot of situations. And so when I see that level really low, the first mm-hmm. thing I think of is, oh, we might have a zinc deficiency here. Totally. And, and 80% of the time. That Low tends to be zinc. the case. Yep. Well, a, a really great way, you guys, I think I've mentioned this before, is look at your nails right now. If you're driving, don't look at your nails. But um, if your nails have white spots, that is a very good indicator that you are zinc deficient. But it's not It's not definitive, right? Just because you don't definitive. have those doesn't mean your zinc levels are fine. Right. But if you do have those, then you want to check out your minerals, you know, like calcium, zinc. Those are the two ones. It's mostly zinc that you will see that with, but it could be a calcium mineral deficiency as well. So check for white little markings on your nails. Um, check your children too. It's a really quick way. Um, while we're on the phytic, phytic acid uh, story or whatever. Um, there's a really great way to check your zinc levels guys. And standard process has something called zinc tincture, right? It's the zinc taste test, the, but it's it, literally but called zinc taste the, test. The, the, the thing zinc taste test. Oh, it's called zinc taste test. I yes. didn't know that. It's the zinc taste. It's test. a, it's a liquid that you can buy and you put a dropper of this zinc liquid taste test in your mouth and you hold it for about 15 seconds and you want to taste it. Right. So just like let your taste buds like kind of coach your tongue with this and you want to gauge what you taste. Now, some people say I taste a mild metallic flavor. That means you're, you're low in zinc. If you taste something that's really bitter, you have enough zinc and that's a real, it's super inexpensive. I think every home should have the zinc taste test. Check your children, you know, check yourself like once a month and just supplement with zinc because you can overcorrect right? So um, if you have GI issues, if you know you have a phytic acid issue, um, you might have white spots on your nails. Like, Just do that test and check everyone. You mentioned children. And I just want to mention here that zinc is actually excellent for diarrhea. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Actually, because, sorry. Yeah, no, that. real quick. With, let's, let's keep talking about um, the benefits here. Yeah. Because uh, with the diarrhea, um, you know, the one thing you've got to watch for is dehydration. Mm-hmm. And zinc actually helps to transport um, uh, the, um, the, the water, water and the electrolytes. And it's very important for diarrhea, especially with children. Mm. It's also really great for wound healing, it seems oh, yeah. like. Mm-hmm. So it's, 
and and we all know the immune system regulation stuff like zinc, vitamin D, those are crucial when it comes to immune system regulation. Yeah, right. you, you may have noticed that during the really in the the intense part of the coronavirus scare mm-hmm. that there was no zinc anywhere. I know, yeah, everyone was buying it. Yeah, in fact, there are some sources you still can't find zinc because they're so mm-hmm. far back ordered on it. Yeah. But another thing too with zinc is it helps with thyroid hormone uh, production and sex hormone production. It's mm-hmm. a really important cofactor with making hormones. Yeah. And so, you know, if you are sensitive to phytic acid, if you can't digest phytic acid, if you have GI distress and phytic acid is exacerbating that plus, you know, causing you to not absorb zinc, you could have hormonal imbalances. Yeah. And so it's, it's a really good way to backtrack and be like, okay, do I need to heal my gut? Do I need to cut out phytic acid acids until I have healed up whatever I'm dealing with? Yeah, and know? it's also good for learning and memory. And so in old age with degenerative diseases and, mm-hmm. and especially of the nervous system, right. it's excellent for that. You spoke about iron and let's, let's well, just quickly, hang, hang on. Oh, go I'm ahead. I'm not done with zinc. Oh, There's zinc. more here because one of the cool things about zinc and one of the indicators that you might have an issue is that zinc is involved with your taste bud function which means that if you're low on zinc, mm-hmm. your ability to taste flavors and even your smell to some extent mm-hmm. is going to be, it's going to suffer from that, yeah, which okay. is one of the reasons why the zinc taste test is effective. Yeah. Because when you've got plenty of zinc, you can taste really well. Yeah. And as it turns out, zinc is a metal and it's not that delicious. No. Um, but it's also one of your body's natural ways of kind of self-regulating, yep. right? If we kind of think of this from an evolutionary perspective, out in nature, if you had come across a, a really rich source of zinc, but you didn't need it, then that food or water source or whatever it is that contains the zinc is going to be less appealing to you, right. which is going to prevent you from overloading on zinc Mm -hmm. and we don't want to overload on zinc because that can cause us issues with some of our other minerals totally especially magnesium if you're doing too much zinc it's going to block your magnesium uptake Mm -hmm. what about calcium and zinc yes yes i mean so so calcium and magnesium right well if you have too much zinc or too little zinc what does that do to your calcium levels well, potentially throws them off. Now, generally speaking, balance with minerals is so important, really right? Important. Zinc, calcium, copper is another really big mm-hmm. one. Um, you can really mess up your copper levels if you're doing too much zinc. Right. And, and copper is super important because it helps you recycle your iron, basically. Yep. And yes. so a lot of people, they, they will say, I'm anemic and I keep eating like high iron foods and my anemia is still prevalent. And normally when I hear that, I tell people, well, you need more copper because copper is the enzyme that helps you recycle that. It's really incredible because the body has this incredibly intricate design because, because iron, because heme is so important to transport oxygen, the molecule of life to all your cells, it has to hold onto that and have really smart systems to to do so. So copper is a very important part of that. So when you have low copper, your recycling of iron actually goes down. So and, that's important. And um, copper too is excellent for joint pain. But talking about the iron and the transportation of oxygen, mm-hmm. and the iron is very important for that. Did you know that um, men losing hair, the balding with hair, mm-hmm. hair loss, um, can be an iron deficiency because the iron 
gives the the red blood cells um, it's needed for the hemoglobin and the hemoglobin is what gives the red blood cells its color mm -hmm. and um, it's needed to loosely attach the oxygen and transport it through the body yeah. and if there's an iron deficiency as you know leads to anemia but there's, then there's not enough oxygen transported to all the cells in the body mm. and the hair, if they don't get the right amount of oxygen you lose yeah. your hair. That's so it's not just for men, it's for women as well. The thinning of hair. Yeah. Um, you need iron. That's really interesting. Now, talking about, I want to circle back to the phytates and um, non-heme iron and heme iron. So heme iron is from animal sources and yes. phytates and heme iron are not contraindicated. No. But phytates and non-heme iron from animal-based from, uh, proteins from, from plant-based plant sorry, sorry from plant-based thank you from plant-based proteins is problematic mm -hmm. and so that's why you know if you do have autoimmune tendencies if you do have mineral deficiencies veganism is probably not going to help you right now now heal your inflammation heal your gut heal your body's ability to deal with this added stress and you'll probably be fine but I always tell people there's a time and a place I have clients that come to me really sick and they they say I've been considering veganism I wanted to talk to you first and it, what's really interesting is their hair analysis will show up like amino acids, amino acids, amino, meat, meat, meat. And I tell these people, I'm like, you are two steps away from a carnivore diet, but please don't consider veganism right now. We're going to, we're going to go towards either paleo or autoimmune paleo and then fine tune from there. But it's really good. You spoke to me first because you would end up feeling really sick. I actually had a client um, a year and a half ago who ended up in the ER. She just went vegan overnight and five or seven days into it, she felt so sick. That's fast. It was so fast, but she was really sick too. Mm -hmm. And so she went vegan and she ended up in the ER because her body like literally shut down. And I was like, no, we're not doing this right. Like we need to take a few steps back, heal you up first. And if you want to be vegan or vegetarian for who knows what reasons, whatever personal or religious reasons you have, yes, then let's make it a goal to do that. But for now, we have to heal your body with the least amount of, um, collateral damage because think about it every time you eat food there's always collateral damage right but do the pros outweigh the cons let's talk about fruit for instance and fructose so fructose when um, metabolized in the liver creates small amounts of uric acid uric acid is very inflammatory it also creates types of aldehydes which is it literally in high amounts causes cirrhosis in the liver right so someone could argue and say eating too much fruit can cause your liver to be inflamed and cause disease, right? Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Right? right, exactly. However, fruits have nutrients that help combat that. They have vitamins and minerals that, so the pros outweigh the cons, right? In most cases, until you have high amounts of um insulin resistance or inflammation or leaky gut. That's when I start telling people, okay, we might have to restrict the amount of fruit you eat until we heal these things, until we have fixed the insulin resistance, until we've fixed all the GI issues and the hormonal issues. And so it's the same thing with the phytic acid. Like we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but there's a time and a place. And so, and again, soaking, cooking it properly, taking all of these things into account. 
Well, you know, this is where the hair analysis is so important because under normal circumstances, it's not easy to pick up. But when you look at their hair analysis and you see the minerals are showing up for need and you see the molybdenum is um, is also in need and um, or you you put the picture together and if you look at the res- restrictions and it forms a picture and you can see it and mm-hmm. that's why it's so valuable because it's it gives you an insight as to what's going on with the person right that's also why you don't want to just jump in and start trying to supplement yourself with what you think you need mm-hmm. because you're going to end up chasing these symptoms, right. right? And then you might cause other problems. So like if, for instance, you think, oh, maybe I'm low on iron because my hair is falling out and my energy is low mm-hmm. and I'm eating all of these phytates. So then you rush out and you get yourself some iron supplements. And then a week later, you're just feeling worse than ever, Yeah, right? Because you're not taking into account the whole picture of all these other minerals and all the other nutrients that your Mm -hmm. body needs in order to regulate these things. Right. Yeah. So can I just bring into this discussion um, the the foods that, just a brief um, overview of foods we should be eating for our gut health. Yes. Um, For prebiotics and probiotics, obviously you need your, um, your onions, your garlic, your leeks, um, tomatoes, um, apples, bananas, because the fibers from the apples is needed. And um, these foods help with prebiotics and then making probiotics. And a lot of those foods cross over, mm-hmm. um, such as the garlic and the onions, um, right. and even the apples. Um, and then just for gut health, um, aloe vera is excellent for gut health. But I want to warn here that there is the latex, which I've spoken about before, which is that layer just under the skin of the aloe plant. And you don't want to ingest that. Mm. Um, Our aloe vera does not have the latex. It is organic and um, it's, it's, um, it's certified natural. Yeah. And it's called, it's excellent. But you mustn't like everything else. You know, if you drink too much water, you can actually kill yourself. Right. Um, the same with aloe vera. You don't want to take too much. So if you take a, a tablespoon or a shot um, shot glass first thing in the morning um, on an empty stomach, that is excellent. Juice is no good because juice just goes right through and it's diluted. Mm-hmm. But the aloe vera gel... And then also ginger is very good um, Mm. for the gut. And then um, your fatty acids is so important because fatty acids, I always say, think from the top to the bottom. Think of brain and heart and gut. Mm -hmm. So fatty acids, excellent for brain, heart and gut. Which ones? wants it. The um, EPA, the DHA and the ALA. Mm. Your um, the omega threes, uh, uh, yes, and the alpha linic acid, which is the ALA. Mm-hmm. Um, but here again, if you have too much, you can cause inflammation. With the phytic acid foods, your beans and grains and nuts and seeds, if you have too much, you cause inflammation. Right. But if you eat balanced and you give your gut what it needs to work with, and funnily enough, it needs butter as well for gut health. Yes, it does. Um, the, yeah, the ghee or the butter, but obviously from 
from proteins that are um, nutrient-dense and not what I call the farm factory mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is good for the gut health as well. Another and, one that... And even licorice. Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Talk about licorice and then I'll, I'll throw in the other one. That oh, no, just, just like ginger and licorice... All of that is very good. I put a lot of my clients on high-grade licorice. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go out and just buy it, guys, because there are some things that we need to be mindful of before you go on that. But I always say licorice. It's they, not the one they in take the packet. No, no, not the candy. Not the candy. But I always say, like, after their breakfast and right before bed, uh, doing half a teaspoon of the high-grade licorice and water. It's kind of like the Band-Aid. It's the soother of the gut after they've eaten. And so I say it's like the ice pack. It helps with the mucosal lining. It helps. It's anti-inflammatory. It actually also helps with adrenal function and the mucosal lining of your lungs. So if you have coughs or asthma or anything like that, it's really great for so gut, lungs, and adrenals. But um, did we, did we, oh, one thing I wanted to. Are you done talking about I, licorice I just a little bit to. yeah because if you're moving on i want to talk about licorice okay, before go, go, you go, leave. Go. <laughs> all right so there are some forms of licorice that um for some people could be problematic that's a lot of qualifiers but there's a a component of licorice called glycerizin mm-hmm. and it's known to increase blood pressure now yes. now this is purely an academic thing because it doesn't tend to show up a whole lot in clinical practice, at least not in the experience that I've seen and had myself. But if you have high blood pressure, then you probably want to just to be safe, make sure that your licorice supplement mm-hmm. has been deglycerinated. Is that <laughs> deglycerized? I think it's deglycerized. Degl- <laughs> it's had that molecule removed. Yeah. So, so de- deglycerized licorice or DGL, it'll sometimes be called. Yeah. Well, just make sure that you're safe there. But really for most people, even a little bit of uh, glycerizin has some benefits to it and, and can be helpful. Just keep in mind that blood pressure aspect of it. Exactly. And I just want to finish off with one thing for gut health. Um, besides the foods that I mentioned, you know, um, onions, there's also leeks that are good mm-hmm. for pre and probiotics. Mm-hmm. But as both pre and probiotics and gut health, um, it is the fibrous vegetables, mm-hmm. vegetables that's got fiber. It is so yep. important. I always tell, I, I always say to people online, I'm like, what you feed breeds as far as gut biome goes. So feed the good gut biome, the, the fiber, the prebiotic, the probiotic, and it will grow and proliferate and will help you digest better and have better absorption and better healing responses. Um, unless you've got SIBO, in which SIBO. case that might cause problems for you temporarily. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need to take care of the SIBO first before you can handle a lot of different types of carbs that basically feed those problematic bacteria. If you have SIBO, you want to schedule a consult with Tristan because he's like the SIBO king. Um, No, 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 no. That's way too much credit to me. But we do have a good protocol for SIBO. He's got a pretty good protocol. We've got a good protocol. Well, you've had to deal with it yourself. I I mean, with with it myself. Well, because if you guys, if this is your first episode tuning in, um, Tristan had his rectum removed, tons of antibiotics. (laughs) He had cancer, guys. Such a brutally graphic way to put that I I had cancer and mm -hmm. they did remove a big, big part of my colon. Mm -hmm. And so that with that brings trauma and dysbiosis. And that's something that you have had to heal and you're still healing. And, you know, so he's had a lot of experience in that department. I wanted to 
go back to what exactly are these phytates? You, this happens a lot where we will have members or people online say, I just had wheatgrass in, in my greens powder and I'm reacting really, like I, I put a greens powder in my smoothie and I do not feel good. I'm bloated and I'm gassy. Wheatgrass, barley grass, guys, really high in phytates. Not only that, it's super cheap. So if you're buying greens powders, go and look at it right now. Does it have barley grass and wheatgrass Probably. in it? If it does, you probably want to get rid of it because it might be causing issues. It requires an immense amount of enzymes to break that down. Not only does it have a high amount of phytic acid. And there's also a really good chance that it was treated with really high heat Mm -hmm. in order to turn it into a powder. Exactly. In which case, whatever phytase would have been in there to help protect It's gone. gone. So the greens that we really like is the Paleo Valley Super Greens. So Mm -hmm. if you go to paleovalley.com and buy their super greens, you can use Provo Health 10 to get 10% off of your order. That's the one that we use and it tastes really good. I mean, I've I've had people that say this stuff doesn't taste good. And I'm like, are you kidding? This is candy to me. It's really, yeah. It's like a minty lemonade. Yeah. Something or other. Strawberry lemonade. I don't know. Strawberry. That's right. Yeah. I just want to mention with the, the grasses, because they've basically been sprouted, mm-hmm. a lot of the phytic acid is out. But when you powder it, you take in so much. Mm-hmm. It's like if you yeah. eat if you eat a mango, you'll eat one mango. But when you eat dried mango, mm-hmm. you'll eat the equivalent of five or six right. mangoes. And anyone who's ever polished off a whole bag of mango will know what that does to your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Dried mango specifically. Yeah. So, so let's get really clear about high phytate foods, grains, corn, um, wheat, barley, oats. millet, oats, sorghum, spelt, rice. You guys, I, a lot of my members know, my Gutsy Health members, they know I hardly ever, ever, maybe once a month include rice into the meal planners. And normally it's like a dessert. It's like a rice cake with almond butter and homemade jam. Now, now here, here's one way, another way that sometimes getting a little bit health conscious can actually backfire on you mm-hmm. because one of the uh, grain products that does not have a lot of phytate is white flour. Does it? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but because has- they've removed so much of the grain. It's basically empty. Basically. So mm-hmm. so people will be eating a lot of white bread, right? And they're not necessarily having issues. And they're like, ah, I want to get healthier. So they mm-hmm. switch over to like a whole grain bread yeah. or a seven grain bread. Right. And then all of a sudden they start developing issues, maybe in response to these phytates. Right. And they go, well, this is stupid. I'm going back to Wonder Bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do that. Do you know what's Just really- keep educating yourself. You know what's really interesting? <laughs> really interesting. I'm debating if I want to share this or not. So I've been doing a lot of hair analyses lately and we've all been stuck at home with COVID-19. And so a lot of people I've been counseling with are making homemade sourdough bread Mm. and sourdough bread actually like it gets rid of a lot of the gluten and gliadin and you know it metabolizes a lot of these anti-nutrients but what's really interesting is my these people I've been doing hair analyses they keep saying well in the past month I like I haven't been feeling good and I keep gaining weight. And could that be from my sourdough bread? I'm like, yes, it's- yes, it's absolutely from your sourdough bread. Like you, and they're like, well, I've been making like a few loaves a week. And I'm like, a few a week. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, okay. so I found it funny because they haven't been feeling super amazing in the past month. They've been gaining weight. Like their inflammation is up. Their brain fog has increased. And I'm like, you know, your gut hasn't healed fully yet for like, even though it's our 
organic flour and it's proper sourdough and you fermented it for several days. Like you're not quite there yet, you know? So if you're dealing with autoimmune issues and inflammation, sourdough bread might not be for you yet. Well, bread period, right? Like the sourdough, that's awesome. Fermented sourdough from einkorn, ancient grains, whatever. Fantastic. But three loaves a week. I know there's a family involved here, but really the... We weren't meant to eat that much bread. We weren't. Right. Or even just one, If even if you're doing like one loaf a week and you do have inflammation, guys, it, it's probably not the smartest food. And, and here's my reason why I know we're kind of diverting from phytic acid. But, um, it, you know, when you eat bread, it takes place of a highly nutrient dense food. And so people that are on a healing journey and they want to be aggressive about their healing journey, like you're probably better off doing like some grilled veggies and a protein and something like that versus bread. Bread should be the dessert. Yes. Not the base of your meals. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. If you haven't mentioned it, I just want to finish on the phytic acid thing. And because very often when we give people a grouped thing, not everybody gets the clear picture. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to rattle off just a few of the the foods so that they can get the picture right. um, in their mind. And that's almonds, beans, Brazil nuts, hazelnuts, lentils, maize, um, peanuts, peas, rice, rice bran, sesame seeds, soybean, tofu, walnuts, wheat, wheat bran, wheat germ. And the interesting thing with tofu is because it is fermented, it does lower the phytic acid content. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Does anybody know if quinoa is a low phytic or high phytic food? I think it's it's a high one. It is, I'm but not if sure. you if you soak it, yeah, then it's less. So or sprouted. So I always buy sprouted quinoa, but other foods are the pseudo grains like buckwheat, amaranth, and did you mention chia seed? Is that considered a pseudo grain? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at a list right now, and it's listed as a chia pseudo grain. It's good a for the for the um, as a probiotic and mm-hmm. a prebiotic. So as right. I said, the double edged sword. Don't get right. rid of it. Don't get rid of it. Just like, eat yeah. it in balanced um, amounts. Exactly. So people that are most prone to phytic acid issues. Again, I I think I but said this in the beginning. Seeds have not come up in it, as far as I know. So again, what I said in the beginning is if you grew up on the standard American diet, which the majority of your food was GMO food, corn, you know, wheat, soy, you most likely have had trauma to your gut. And so you might want to consider a fairly aggressive GI repair protocol where you are giving your gut a break from some of these foods temporarily. Um, But again, like maybe try paleo first and that will help us gauge. Like, are you healing? Are you backtracking? Are you just kind of staying the same? And after like one to three months of doing paleo, if you don't notice anything, then do autoimmune paleo because that gets rid of the phytic acid foods and the grains and the nuts and the seeds and legumes. Yeah. And just remember vegetables heal. Vegetables are healing foods. Absolutely. I always say veggies, fats, and proteins. When people say, well, what do you eat if you cut out these phytic acid foods, which are grains and nuts and seeds. It's like veggies and proteins and fats, you know, like fats have been so demonized for the past 50 years. And, you know, yes, there are some inflammatory fats, the nuts and seed oils, but you know, you have coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oil. um, But it's not the bacon fat and the 
fat that's been roasted. It's your avos and mm-hmm. your avocados and your avocado oil and your coconut oil and well, and there's and arachidonic acid from isn't that animal meats? And you know, oh, you know it's, it's in animal products. It's in butter. Yeah, yeah, you know, so the arachidonic acid is incredible for that kind of stuff, and so and in in our shop we have all of these um, cold pressed organic virgin organic carrier oils that are high in very good fatty acids mm-hmm. right so is there anything else we want to talk well, about well, so acid? i think that it would be really helpful at this point because we've been all over the place which right. is kind of how we do things it's just how we are but totally. but i want to quickly kind of roll through first off for the average person who is not having any issues the the general rule of thumb is eat a wide variety of good whole foods, right? Yes. Vegetables, plants of all types, fruits, animal products. Now, what are the signs people want to look for that maybe they have an issue with phytates or phytic acid? Well, the signs they want to look for, um, Tristan, first of all, is inflammation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Inflammation causes pain. It causes fatigue. It can cause um, digestive problems because mm-hmm. you cannot get the correct enzymes to digest your food when there's inflammation in the gut. Mm-hmm. It can cause um, um, detox problems. It mm-hmm. holds back on detoxing. And so you're looking for that that pain and then it, there are skin problems related to it. Mm-hmm. So if you have um, patches on your skin, itchy patches, and um, the dermatologist has said it's not fungus, it's phytic acid. Yeah. Mm. You, you bloat, gassiness. Do you remember when you were vegan? I and do remember had, when I was vegan. And, and I you was had always bloated. So, you were always bloated and always gassy but think about it what you would have for breakfast oatmeal Mm -hmm. and then nut butters Mm -hmm. and that's phytic acid upon phytic acid upon phytic acid and then you would add the chia and the hemp hemp. flax yep Yep. so that was just one massive phytic bowl Mm -hmm. you know when i eat that food i have no issue now my sign and symptom when I've started eating a little too many grains and that's why I don't like eating grains, I get heartburn. So when I get heartburn, I know, Oh, there's stress on my GI tract. It's like my hydrochloric acid content has go down and nothing is digesting. Well, maybe it's the phytic acid that's depleting your pepsin. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And so, so heartburn, indigestion, bloat, gassiness, skin problems, you know, and all of the skin problems, acne, rosacea, eczema. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I know people, people laugh at me in my consults when I'm like, do you observe your poop? And they're like, no, who does it? I'm like, I do. I observe my children's poop. I observe my poop. <laughs> the, the people we work with start observing. Yeah, poop. exactly. So like if you are observing your poop and there is undigested food in there, there's probably some GI distress. Like you, if you're bloated and gassy, if, if you have too quick of a transit time from eating food to pooping it out, you know, there's, there's GI distress there because too fast of a transit time means you're not absorbing anything. Okay. You know, too slow of a transit time means you're just kind of marinating in your own toxins. All right. So you want a, what is a good transit time? It's like 24 to 36 hours or something. Most people don't need to worry about it. Okay. So as long as you're pooping like every day, like once, seriously. At least once, if not twice a day. This has been coming up a lot lately, the total side note, but I've been talking to a lot of people lately who don't poop very often. I know. Like, 
a couple times a week yep. and they don't realize that that's a serious thing. Mm-hmm. You want to be pooping every single day, preferably yes. more than once a day. Exactly. So mm-hmm. anyway, total side note. But but not more than three times a day. Well, yeah. Because then there's an imbalance as well. If you're, if you're me, then that's just well one of the things I deal with. But Well, I mean, should we tell people why? Well, you already did. So, so you, when you remove the... They, they told Tristan that he would be on the toilet like 16 to 20 times a day. That's probably one of the hardest things when people have colon cancer and they have to have the rectum removed. Like that's a really hard one to kind of handle. And a lot of people that do have the rectum removed have GI distress for the rest of their lives. It's miserable. I feel like you have fared really well. Yeah. Like I mean, super well. I have to put myself on the SIBO protocol every now and then, but I know you're otherwise. doing the SIBO and the stealth pathogen, aren't you? I, I am currently, yeah. So yep. it's it's been fun, right? <laughs> you know, it, I've had worse. So exactly. So sorry. Getting back to the question at hand. So basically, a lot of different things can indicate potentially you've got phytate stuff going on. So if you have digestive stuff going on, if you've got immune stuff going on, mm-hmm. if you have any of the indications of low iron or low zinc, mm-hmm. if your vitamin D levels are really low. That can also be a phytate indicator. So any of those things will tell you, okay, there's phytates going on. Your next step is you can either temporarily remove the phytates to see if that helps your symptoms, or you can start preparing your phytate containing foods Mm -hmm. a little bit better, which Mm -hmm. means soaking those suckers. Exactly. Okay. So and, and then other symptoms as well because we were talking about the symptoms. Yeah, are the common ones like tiredness, mm, brain fog, um, um, mm. yes, and headaches mm-hmm. and muscle mm-hmm. stiffness and even fever and chills. Totally, okay. totally. You know, it's interesting because phytates, anti nutrients, are not really the first thing I worry about when I no. see my clients because this is this is. Typically as a clinician, this is what I tend to do. So I love, I I always go back to this example that Carlin Call brought up on the podcast episode that we did with her. She is just ingredients on Instagram, but she says, you know, if you have a building that is burning, you want to put, you know, as many hoses on it as possible to get that fire out as fast as possible. So that's nutrition, that's Mm -hmm. psychology, that's exercising, that's supplements. Um, But I like to take it a step further and say, you know, you can have 10 hoses, but if there's someone on the other side throwing gas canisters on that fire, those hoses are doing nothing. You know, they're, they're not helping that much. So when people come to me at first, we try to look for the biggest gas canisters, phytates, oxalates, lectins, like those could be it. But I want to get to the bigger ones first, which is like, okay, grains, corn, sugar, let's get rid of those. And if we need to fine tune more, yes, then the phytates. So then if, the if you're one of those people who has done a lot of positive changes mm-hmm. in your lifestyle and you're still not getting results, then you might look at phytates, right? Exactly. So okay. make sure you're absorbing and digesting and all that stuff. Right. I don't know. I think that that covers it, it pretty covers well. It, yeah. Does anyone else it have does. something they wanted to add before we close up on? No, this I topic? think that's good. That yeah. we okay. we went way into depth on phytates and yep. clinical applications and right. lifestyle applications. So, you guys, thanks for listening. I hope you learned something new about phytates. Um, if you like this episode, please share it with your friends. Uh, leave a review, whatever it is. Um, feedback is always wonderful. Um, thanks for listening all the time, you guys. It's so great. I mean, we have such a great audience, such great clientele, like such amazing, like what an incredible community Mm. we have. We love you guys. uh, Like more than that. I mean, I 
I get emotional when I have someone message me and they're like, I've started my healing journey. I just listened to all of your episodes. And that really hits hard to me because people are so hungry for change and so they want to empower themselves, right? They want to become the experts. And so when I hear that, you guys, if you're listening now, you don't have to listen to all the podcast episodes. We're not going to quiz you. But when I hear that, when I hear that, I'm like, it just, it chills me. Like I get chills. I get goosebumps because it just, it makes all this work worth it. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys for being a massive part of this mission. Um, and thank you for spreading the word and telling yes. your friends and family about us. We, we love that. We so. do. So thanks, you guys. Until next time, we love you. Take care. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.